Hey, can I get a big storm beer over here? The Ira Kaufman Podcast is presented by Bill Curry Ford. Bill Curry Ford is Tampa's first family of Ford dealerships a mile north of Raymond James Stadium on the east side, home of the nationwide lifetime warranty on new and used vehicles. So many great offers right now at BillCurryFord.com, including 0% financing. Check it out. Shop there now. Reach out to General Manager Sean Sullivan. He's going to take care of you personally. And uh, you can't ask for more than that, but you will get more than that because you get the Ira Kaufman discount on top of their transparent pricing, BillCurryFord.com. Hey, Sean Sullivan's my good friend. You call him up. You tell him Ira sent you. Bucks fans, here he is, the Sage of Tampa Bay Sports, entering the weekend. And of course, it's all football for the Sage on the Ira Kaufman podcast. I'm Steve Isbitz of JoeBucksFan.com. The decamper of Joe Bucks fan is here. And the star is the sage of Tampa Bay sports, the Baron of Big Storm Beer, Mr. Bill Curry Ford himself, the king of Newport Ritchie, Uncle Ira, the custodian of Canton. You know, we're going to find out in a few weeks about Rondé Barber, Ira. We're all cheering for you. Hopefully you got the job done. We'll see. And if you didn't, that's okay. It's okay. We got your back and we know uh, that there'd be a good reason and you're one of the top dogs in that room. Ira, uh, we hit up so many subjects on our last podcast, which was quite feisty. And it, it can be found at JoeBucksFan.com, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google Play, uh, Google Podcasts, it's called now, Podcast Addict, so many forums, so check that out. We're going to be tight in this one, Ira, just uh, hitting on a few other subjects. We'll see how the weekend shakes out, and then we'll come back strong next week. Hey, can I get a big storm beer over here? But uh, Sage, I know you're doing well, and the fans just heard you. So I wanted to throw this out at you because I know it's on Lee's mind, and then we'll get to Lee. Buccaneers special teams, your good buddy Rick Goslin, Hall of Fame voter, legendary Cowboys beat writer, a man who uh, has been lauded and whose opinion has been sought by Bill Belichick and others, and he's written his special team rankings. There's a deep formula that he's had for years, and it really puts the time in and developed this thing to where it's widely respected. We've talked about it in past years, but this year, Ira, despite a good punter and Ryan Suckup being fantastic from less than 50 yards, the Buccaneers special teams ranked 30th in the league. Here we are with uh, Keith Armstrong back for another year, it seems. You know, Steve, you, you interpreted it just the way I did. How could they be 30th with a good kicking game? I mean, there was nothing wrong with Kamara this season. He's probably going to get better, and he was pretty darn good suck up you know todd bowles's uh viewpoints notwithstanding uh about his range was extremely reliable more reliable than i thought he would be uh this season as a matter of fact steve uh you know this for a large part of this season season it was the ryan suck up show he was the buccaneer offense how many times did i say on this podcast steve how many times did i say too many field goals and not enough touchdowns that was the story of the 2022 bucks Suckup certainly did his job. So, Steve, to be ranked 30th when your kicker and your punter are above average, oh, my. Now, I know Rick Goslin very well. I, I first met him in 1976. Steve, I was just a young punk starting off in UPI. I was a clerk making about $150 a week, and Rick Goslin was on the New York sports staff at UPI. And he left about a year or two later for Kansas City, ended up in Dallas. Steve, in his heyday, and he doesn't work for the morning news anymore, but Steve, uh, uh, in his heyday, uh, Rick Goslin's, uh, you know, pre-draft 
rankings and analysis was a sought-after commodity from general managers all, all around the league. And they wanted to cross-check, uh, you know, their their observations and evaluations with Rick Goslin. I mean, that's rare stuff, Steve. Ira, that's why uh, Jason Light listens to this podcast. He needs to know what we what we think he should do. <laughs> And uh, I don't think Rick does nearly as much draft material, but he has kept he has kept his special teams rankings. He's the only one who does it, to my knowledge. Uh, you know this deeply, uh, and this involved. Steve, that that is a wake up call to Todd Bowles, to Jason Light, and you have to think to ownership. Thirty at that at thirty two. Now to be fair, the Chiefs really slipped this year because their kicker stunk. This Butker guy who was very very good. Until this season, and he got hurt, and he's never been the same. He really sunk them. They slipped all the way to 31. But, I mean, that's the Chiefs. They average 31, 32 points a game, and the Bucks don't. You can get by. The Bucks can't. So, you know what it shows, Steve? This Buck team had a small margin for error. Small. And when you're lousy in special teams, which Rick Goslin just showed in, in graphic uh, detail, you can't overcome it. It's just another way to drag this team down to 8-10 and 10 in a terrible division, uh, give up 70 points more than they score. Steve, a couple of years ago, didn't Jason Light say it's all about special teams in the draft? We're going to address this. It's our priority. And, and Steve, they're still lousy at it. Something's got to give over there. Well, the one thing about Armstrong, he may be one of the most awesome guys on the staff, and I think that might play part of why he's uh, his job secure, at least at this point. He goes back to Bruce Arians' days with Temple and uh, and Bowles, too, right, Ira? I think so, but so did Todd McNair, Lee, I believe. Todd McNair, I think. I wasn't aware of that, okay. Yeah, he did. What I tell you, Ira, that the kicking game is actually pretty darn good. You know, when I say yes. kicking game, I refer to Camarda as well. It's pretty darn good. And for this team to be 30th in the league with a good kicking game, that doesn't say a whole lot. I was a little surprised. I mean, 30, two, two teams below you. I, I thought they were going to be maybe 19. Lee, you're right. When, when you're kicking, your punter are pretty good. The coverage units are not good, Lee, and they haven't been good. They're just not good. Return units are, are, are just a waste of time. Just pedestrian. Steven, they drafting the wrong guys. Are they coaching it wrong? There's a problem there. You brought up you know, the 2021 draft was supposed to be all about special yeah. teams. What was that linebacker's name from Houston, the guy with the hair? And Light just raved about what great special teams he is. Well, then they trade him after it looked like he had a decent year. I think overall it speaks to that the team is a little old and a little slow. I mean, you've got backup tight ends like a Kyle Rudolph, but he doesn't play special teams. you got a backup receiver in Julio Jones, but he doesn't play special teams. You know, they've got other guys, and they just don't have a stable that's very good on special teams. And it, and it shows up over and over again. And, you know, part of that, I think, is also um, not just coverage, but, but these blocking units. The Bucks aren't busting kicks, and it doesn't matter who they have back there. Remember, they had Rashad White back there early in the year, and it is a problem. I wanted to clarify something, Lee, that came up on the last podcast. Chris Bonyol, the kicking coach who got released, he doesn't even work with the punter. Uh, he was just a kicker-only guy. And, oh, okay. and meanwhile, I had heard on the Buccaneers Radio Network uh, last year Keith Armstrong explained that he was talking about suck up and just said, oh, yeah, you know, Ryan works to his own schedule. He does his own thing. 
We tried to pull him into practice, but he has his routine, and as long as he's kicking well, we just sort of let him do his own thing. And when I heard that, I was like, well, what are you doing with Bonyol if he coaches one guy and that guy does his own thing and he's a 35-year-old veteran? But, you know, Bruce Arians believed in bringing in these all these assistants, the biggest staff in the NFL, and maybe he just didn't bring in the right mix of guys in some ways as it relates to special teams. I think special teams is going to be another priority in the draft. Now, Lee, you're going to like this one. Let's push the quarterback thing aside, Lee. Let's push it aside. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll be the first one to say it because we're going to be talking about this for the next three months. But I'll say it first. And, Lee, I, I, I believe you're going to agree with me. Aside from, you know, settling on who's under center, the priority, again, for this team has to be, has to be, pass rush, pass rush. Has to be. Yeah, unfortunately. I mean, I brought that up with Bowles and his, you know, Tuesday on the, uh, you know, season-ending press conference. Like, I hope I'm dead wrong. I don't expect much from Shaq next year. I really don't. That's a nasty injury that Achilles, especially for a guy that turns 30. I don't expect much from him. And who knows about Joe Tryon. And I asked him, I said, are you going to have to add any, any bodies there at outside linebacker? Are you going to have to go get somebody, whether it be in free agency, whether it be a draft? And he didn't disagree. He said, we need more stacks from outside linebacker. Can the Bucks count on Logan Hall, Steve, at this point to do anything? Can they? They got to add another, another couple of pass rushers, Steve. Uh, free agency, draft, do what you want. It would really help out the secondary. And if you could rush yeah. with four, it would help everything. Steve, am I wrong about uh, the priority there other than, uh, you know, resolving the quarterback uh, situation? Well, I I think there's a lot of gray area, Ira. And, of course, you're not wrong because every team wants and needs a better pass rush. However, I'll say this. um, Todd Bowles, when he got here to the Bucs and and it was a big part of their Super Bowl season, 19 and 20, they had a historic, literally historic run defense numbers. 2021, it was pretty good. And this year, it was below average. And I think Bowles, if Bowles looks at it, he knows that, you know what, we got to stop the run to make our defense work, to get them in those third and eights, third and nines, and keep them out of the, uh, the easy conversions. And I think Bowles' focus, honestly, I think will be more on shoring up the run defense. And he already said publicly at his closing news conference he wants Anthony Nelson back. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't, I don't know. But they were like top six in the league in sacks. He found a way to generate a pass rush and get pressure. I know he wants more sacks off the edge, and everybody wants a great edge rusher. But I don't know. It wouldn't shock me at all if the Bucks decided, you know what, we're going to draft. We like this guy in the first round at defensive tackle, and we're going to put him next to Vea, who only plays two-thirds of the snaps anyway, and we'll get a young beastly rotation in there and look for pressure up the gut even more and fix our run defense at the same time. It wouldn't shock me. You you brought up a great point, Ira, and I'll mention this to people. You brought it up Monday night during the game. You were saying, like, you know, Prescott has way too much time. And to Bold's credit, and I think I've referenced this a couple times, you know, in the latter part of the year, smoke and mirrors, he got the job done as far as getting pass rush or getting pressure on a quarterback. But when they needed it the most in the postseason – it wasn't there for him. I have absolutely no problem with uh, how Bowles utilized his personnel this year. How he got that number of sacks lead is beyond me, especially once Shaq Barrett was sidelined. I mean, it's amazing. Mix and match, disguised coverages. He's tremendous at disguise and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's really his signature. Derek Brooks talks about it all the time. 
the disguise coverages. They don't see the blitz coming from this guy. Steve, I'm not arguing your point about defensive tackle. I think they need one. Lee, I'll say it right now. We might as well kick it off. I'm not bringing Akeem Hicks back. I'm moving on from Akeem Hicks. I'm sorry. I'm moving on. I I don't disagree. If they can get him on the cheap, I'd think about it. But Yeah, that salary cap's going to be ugly and and I, you know, he probably is not going to work for free. You know, I don't know. And Lee, uh, Lee, can I count on him playing fourteen or fifteen games? Probably not. Probably, probably not. What would he play this year? Like eleven? I would think maybe eleven. They're really in a tough spot because Shaq Barrett is due all this money next year. They can't get rid of him, and and if he's healthy, they got to give him a chance to play and see if he is one of those guys who can come back well from an Achilles injury. So you. You're stuck with them. So how are you going to go out and add somebody? You need kind of a miracle, uh, cheap addition, almost like Shaq Barrett was in 2019. Or if you look into Todd Bowles' history when he showed up in um, Arizona, their top edge guy that they had there was John Abraham, who was like 35 years old at the time. And they brought him in on a one-year deal and, and struck gold. And it helped that they had a good interior rush. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't see them drafting an edge rusher, though. I just I don't see it. I hate to pick on this guy, you know, that, that early second-round pick who didn't end up playing much and, and certainly didn't contribute very much. Lee, I, I don't know if he's a, a defensive tackle. I, I don't know if he's an edge rusher because I don't know if he can play. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I don't even know if maybe he's a 4-3 end. The thing that spooks me about Logan Hall, and I agree with you, I don't, I don't want to pound on the kid either. Yeah, I know he made a big play in the playoffs, but... He got worse as the season went on. That spooks me. That You don't generally see that with a rookie that's going to be around a while, especially a high draft pick rookie. Generally, those guys improve uh, as the rookie year transpires. This guy got worse. If Logan Hall had a good rookie season, I don't mean spectacular. I mean good. And you figure, oh, he's going to be even better in year two. I think the tone of this conversation would be a little bit different, Steve. But the facts are Logan Hall contributed very little to the 2022 bucks i don't care if somebody's saying he's not a first round pick steve he was a disappointment plain and simple you know we have to it's just one of these guys where you put the h word on him hope you hope he gets better next year because if he duplicates this year you, you don't have much kind of like joe try and Shayanka from year one to year two hey ira what do you do if you come home you have a flood at your house or you've got storm damage mold whatever it is what do you do don't mess around you got to call florida's elite restoration that's right, Sage. You call Florida's Elite Restoration 24-7. They come out to your home, your business. They'll give you a free assessment of what's happening. And then if you need their services, they're ready for you. And they are fantastic family-owned. They cover the whole Bay Area. Their top shelf owner, Josh Martin, 14 years as an insurance adjuster. 14 years. That means he knows both sides of the business. He'll make sure that your work is done right and you are covered. Florida's Elite Restoration.com. $500 off. For Ira Kaufman listeners, Joe Bucks fan readers, just mention Ira or Joe Bucks fan when you call. And if you need their services after the free assessment, you make an agreement with them and then you're going to get your $500 back. Maybe that's money for your deductible, storm damage, flood, fire, mold, whatever it is. Go to Florida's Elite Restoration.com, learn about all their services so you're ready when the time comes. Don't mess around. You got to call Florida's Elite Restoration. Sage, I wanted to ask you this because when I started thinking about it, it really seemed awfully ironic. There could be a couple of reasons going on. So here's the irony. You fire the offensive coordinator, but you keep the senior advisor 
to the offensive coordinator, which is Tom Moore, who we know is very is not a figurehead. He's very active. Uh, he's there every day. I'm told he's there early, 5, 5.30 in the morning. And I also had been told that he prepares the initial game plan, hands it to Leftwich on a Monday, and then Leftwich does whatever he does, and then it goes to Brady, and they sit down together. And then, you know, years ago, it would go to Arians for a read on Wednesday, and they come up with it. I'm not blaming Tom Moore for the game plan, but it seems a little odd. You fire all these guys, and the senior advisor to the guy who sucks is still around. What, what do you make of all that? <laughs> well, it, it might be a little bit of a concession toward Bruce Arians and uh, what he's done and why he's in the ring of honor. Tom Moore's not making $7 million. I mean, he's not uh, as, uh, as an assistant uh, coach. You know, I, I, don't, I don't mind him being there uh, with his experience. I think he he can help. Heck, I'm not even sure I wouldn't lean on him a little bit uh, in terms of game management during games. I mean, the guy's uh, seen it all. And I think Bowles can use a little help in that regard, quite frankly. I just hope they make a very strong, dynamic choice uh, at coordinator. Somebody that Bowles can feel very confident in. And quite frankly, the next quarterback or Brady uh, can also feel confident in. And uh, I've never seen a co- I've never seen the wrath of the fans come down on a coordinator like uh, Leftwich has uh, been through this year. Much of it justified. And you wonder what's next for uh, Byron Leftwich? Yeah, you do. I got some intrigue for you in a second here, Ira. But I think part of the uh, outrage, for lack of a better term, that the fans came down on Leftwich. I think a big reason for that was the high expectations. And you got Brady coming back, and you know you had just enough to make one more run. And it was a lousy division, and, you know, they barely came out on top. They did come out on top, but it was a losing record. And, and then they got embarrassed like they did Monday night. So I could, I, I think that's why the, the wrath of God came on left, which from the fans is because, you know, the fans expected to, you know, make another run. And, and they, didn't, they, they looked awful all year long. Hey, Lee, what's your intrigue? So I'm listening to Tom Pelissero. On Rich Eisen, and Pelo Cerro said about Leftwich's firing, it was one of the worst kept secrets in the league for weeks. No, no question, Lee. For anybody who came out and proclaimed uh, very proudly, like they're breaking news two weeks ago, that Iron Leftwich will not be back with the Bucks in 2023, and they're beating their chest. Lee, there's no reason to be proud about that. Every, every, everybody knew it. Everybody knew it. Steve, you put up a flash poll, I believe to gauge uh, fan interest in uh, whether they want Brady to come back, Steve? Yeah, and, let, um, let me read the results here for everybody. Uh, we put okay. up the flash poll. was up for a couple hours. The question was, should the Bucks move on from Tom Brady with a new quarterback in 2023? 52% said no. 36% said yes. 11, uh, 12, excuse me, 12% said not sure. So very split among the fan base, leaning no. But uh, quite a few yeses in there. Ira, what do you have to say about that? Actually, hold on a second, Sage. I want to remind everybody, Big Storm Beer is the official beer of the Ira Kaufman podcast. Florida's best craft beer is Big Storm Beer, brewed locally. Taprooms in Odessa, Clearwater, Cape Coral, in Orlando at the Amway Center. And it's in stores all over the place. BigStormBrewery.com. Check out all the beers there. So many great spirits from Big Storm. Big Storm Brewery. Dot com opening very soon in Ebor. Follow them on social media at Big Storm Clearwater at Big Storm Odessa. Each location, you'll find out what the specials are and what's next. BigStormBrewery.com. 
Well, you know, here's my takeaway from it. Uh, and you know what I said on the last podcast, that my inclination would be to move on. And Lee, so I, I look at the poll and I see 52% said, um, no, they shouldn't move on from them. But Lee, in, instead of looking at that poll and saying, gee, I, I guess I'm wrong. The fans don't agree with me. I, I look at it absolutely the opposite. Lee, <laughs> 36% saying they should move on, I think is a strong indication this is Tom Brady we're talking about, Lee. Let's remember that. This is Tom Brady. And I think that 36%, of, a good chunk of that, that, people are just bummed out how the season ended. And they're like, okay, if this is going to be Brady for the uh, foreseeable future, then let's go get somebody else. Well, yeah, maybe, Lee, but I, I just thought that only 52% said yes uh, or said no, they shouldn't move on from him. Steve, that tells me that uh, the fan base is uh, is divided. You know where I stand on this. You know, I'm not taking anything away from the GOAT. Greatest quarterback we've ever seen. We'll never see another. How much of that 36% are the hardcore Kyle Trask people? I think 1%. I think One? 1%. Okay. I was going to say maybe 4 or 5 but okay. <laughs> Steve, I, I'm just saying, you know, it's a little surprising to get a 36 number that they should move on from Brady. I think it's surprising, uh, even though I'm kind of in that camp. Oh, yeah, I was a little bit surprised. I thought it might be around 20 25%. But, hey, the fans are the fans, and uh, I'm sure Team Glazer will look at that number and pause a little bit as they uh, you know, eat their very expensive uh, custom-made Frosted Flakes, whatever they have for breakfast over there at uh, one buck. Quick question about uh, Tom Moore, and just leads to something else. Do you think Tom Moore sticking around is possibly a nod to Tom Brady, that maybe he's a Brady-approved guy and – uh, and as Colin Cowherd suggested, and it was something that I had thought of, you know, the coaches who stay uh, so far, maybe these are coaches that Brady likes and respects, and uh, uh, maybe there's a tie there that they didn't want to get rid of anybody who Brady really liked. Uh, do you think there's any of that going on, or, or they just did what they did? I think that might be a stretch, Steve. I, I don't see the link necessarily between Moore's uh, presence and Brady deciding whether to stay in Tampa or not. I wouldn't be surprised, Lee, and I'm saying this for Moore and Arians both. And, of course, Arians didn't have a major role, not major, and I think it's going to be reduced even further in 2023. I do. And the same, I think, goes for Tom Moore. They'll be on the payroll. I just don't think they're going to have a, a big hand in the direction of the team. I don't. Todd Bowles' team now, huh? Yeah, I think it's Todd Bowles' team. Yes. Thanks to Bill Curry Ford, Tampa's first family of Ford, BillCurryFord.com. Uh, we heard Irish shout out Sean Sullivan, so uh, you know what to do. Call Sean, ask for the Irish Kaufman discount on top of all the other great offers, and Sean will just help you personally. Florida's EliteRestoration.com, that's where you go 24-7 to learn about who will help you in a disaster, and they're your first phone call, Florida's EliteRestoration.com. And our thanks to Big Storm Beer, the official beer of the Ira Kaufman podcast. Florida's best craft beer is Big Storm Beer. Regarding uh, this search for an offensive coordinator, you know, Lee mentioned the talk of that worst kept secret in the NFL left, which is gone. I find that very interesting on so many levels. We don't have to rehash another left, which podcast. Maybe we save that for next week. We'll see what happens. But if that's the worst kept secret in the NFL, maybe that, yeah, I, I don't like it because I, I don't think it's necessarily something that should be out there. You know, when it, with a team that's leading its division, who's putting that out there? I don't know, but I, I, it feels wrong to me. It's not very good for a, a team unity. So uh, I think that Todd Bowles is the guy who's evaluating Leftwich 
And so where's the leak coming from? You know, I don't know. I, it just seems a little odd to me. Uh, but Sage, uh, you're, you're not you're not wrong, Steve. You're not wrong. I mean, I, I don't think it's a good look, Lee. I mean, you know, it is what it is. Well, you know, left which was going to be gone. But Lee, that does, that doesn't mean it, it has to leak from someone inside the organization to media members. Uh, that's not a classy move, Lee, in my opinion. I wonder if Light or the Glazers or maybe Bulls himself reached out to a potential candidate and said, hey, you know, let's get together after the season. And the guy's agent was blabbing to somebody. That could have happened. That's what I was going to say. I was thinking uh, Bill O'Brien. If they did reach out to Bill O'Brien, he's got a lot of people talking to him. He's got contacts all over the league. Uh, That may have been the case. Now, it says up in Boston, they've been saying, Tom Curran, your guy up there, Ira, you know how well-respected and plugged in he is. Tom Curran is saying Kraft wants O'Brien and they should get it done. And, you know, Kraft wants him. You know, you think the Bucks can compete for Bill O'Brien? Would they compete for Bill O'Brien? And where do you think it's better for Bill O'Brien, uh, you know, if you were looking at the jobs? I think it all depends on 12. If 12 stays, which is not beyond uh, the realm of possibility, Lee, he certainly could decide that the grass isn't greener uh, in Miami or, or Vegas. He, do, he, he does feel comfortable at one buck place. He, he likes ownership. There's things about the job that I think are attractive to Brady. So it's not a fate complete that he's gone, uh, although some indications are that uh, he, he might look elsewhere. But, Lee, if he comes back, I think the Bucks go all in for Bill O'Brien if Brady's on board with that. Uh, and I think he is. I think Brady here's, is. Here's the ace in the hole that the Bucks have that I don't think the Belichicks have. The Glazers, or should I say Light, like to go up to uh, O'Brien and say, look, Tom's only going to be here a year or two max. We'll draft the first-round quarterback. You get to pick the quarterback. We'll draft him. Somehow or another, we'll get him. And you get to develop him. And if something goes haywire and we got to get rid of Bulls, you'll be the head coach. Well, I, I agree with some of what, what you just said, Lee. Uh, it might be attractive uh, in the post-Brady era. You're right. And you the already have a first-round draft pick quarterback. And who knows if O'Brien likes the guy or not. Yeah, if O'Brien could uh, be, have a big hand in selecting, uh, you know, a successor to Brady in 2024, that could be very attractive to a Bill O'Brien. Uh, I wouldn't say necessarily he's on board to replace a Todd Bowles if things go haywire next year, Lee. And, I, Lee, I was thinking about what you were saying about Todd Munkin because I said, well, I think Munkin would look at the security of the head coach as a major factor uh, in where he wants to come back. And you brought up, it's an interesting point, Lee, that maybe – well, maybe Ira, that, that uh, works the other way, too, that he would feel he's on board to get the job if things go, go wrong with, with Bowles. Lee, I, I don't think necessarily that Bowles would be on board to, to be the next Bucks head coach. I don't know. I don't know how the Glazers feel. I don't know how the Glazers feel about him. They may not feel. If things go wrong and they make a move with Bowles, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure that Munkin, after one year back in Tampa, would, would necessarily be the front runner. Steve, uh, where were you on that? I'm the kind of person who believes everything is fluid and different. So, hey, they may love Munkin, but a, a better candidate may be available. You know, it, it, it just doesn't really, it doesn't really matter. The history, everything's new. Everything's different each year. And, you know, it's just like Bill O'Brien. I don't think they would ever let him pick a quarterback to replace Brady if Brady was here because they might think, uh, hey, we're going to win the Super Bowl with Brady, and then O'Brien's going to leave for a job somewhere else. Why would we let him, let him do that? You uh, know? We're, we're talking about the post-Brady era. I, I understand. I understand. That's what I'm saying. If Bill O'Brien came here with Brady for one year 
and let's yeah. say they made it to the Super Bowl and lost. Well, O'Brien may get a job offer to coach uh, the Saints, and off he goes. So, you know, and uh, so it's just a, it's a unique situation with the X factor of Brady. If they don't have Brady, then everything changes. Uh, but all right, Sage, you know, look, we're clearing out. We got a lot of football this weekend. We'll be back uh, early next week to see what shakes out with some of these coaching hires. I have a feeling a lot of things are going to come into focus. But before we go, Ira, I wanted to get your uh, uh, your best bet for the folks who like to bet, your best bet for uh, the weekend's games. And then I like the Giants because I'm not sure about Jalen Hurts late. I'm not sure about Lane Johnson. And if Hurts plays and he doesn't run very much, I think that was a big part of uh, the uh, success of, of, of excellent Philly offense was uh, Hurts uh, being that dual threat. Uh, and if you take away his running uh, abilities and skills, Lee, he's not the same quarterback. Uh, and the Eagles are not the same offense. I like the way the Giants are playing. they got a lot of confidence. Daniel Jones is playing very well. I'm giving the ball to Barkley 25 times uh, in, in Philly on, on Saturday. So I, I like the three road teams and the Giants, Lee. I mean, I mean the three, three, three home teams and the Giants. Three home teams. Okay. We're strictly, if we're strictly talking about gambling, I take the Giants in the points, and I take the Bengals in the points. Okay. I think the Bengals have a real shot against Buffalo. Yeah, I know their offensive lines beat up. It was awful last year, too, and look what they did. And the Bills just, the Bills look like, well, I'll just say exactly what Michael Lombardi said about Josh Allen. With Josh Allen, it's either a strikeout or a three-run homer. Yeah, he's being a little sloppy with the ball. He, he is. Yeah, I, I think the Bengals are playing a little better. Here's something I got I got bring up to you. Then Steve will close out with his best bets. And it's a it's a shout out to your buddy Rick Austin. Right. I didn't know this until this morning. He's got his own website, and he had this year's. That's where he had this year's uh, special teams uh, ratings right. and rankings. Right. right. On that website, he had a statistical breakdown. He got hold of a bunch of stats this year. They, they, they just released the NFL. And as far as turnovers and defensive touchdowns, this really jumped out at me. Defensive touchdowns, pick sixes, I can't remember the exact number. Something like teams that had a pick six were 43 and 19 or something like that. You know, it was a pretty, pretty significant number that you get a pick six, you're going to win. But here's the one that really really jumped out at me last year they were 19 scooping scores fumbles returned for a touchdown the teams with the scooping score were 18 and one wow so basically if you return a fumble for a touchdown you've just about locked up a win and you know what uh maybe not to the degree of 18 and one but i i think uh, i think it might be 80 percent. i mean if you go back 10 years late mm-hmm. you might find you might find that eighty percent of those teams win that game. It's a backbreaking play. It's an absolutely backbreaking play. It, it's an interesting one, but I think it more speaks to the teams with ferocious pass rushes because that's where those scooping scores come from ninety percent of the time. And if you have that big pass rush, you're probably a damn good team. But it's an interesting one to look into. It's, it's really neat. I mean, that's quite a quite a disparity there. All right, Sage. I'm just gonna keep it simple. Uh, the 49ers, I'm very confident, are gonna just hammer the Cowboys between the short week and them just being a lot better and Dallas uh, being up and down-ish, all, not all season, but the second half of the season, I think they're just going to get pasted and that's, uh, that's where the money goes. But it'll be a fun weekend and, uh, and that's it. Ira, how are you going to enjoy the weekend? So we had a card game uh, coming, but uh, some people pumped out on it. I was going to get all kinds of good food. So uh, 
Forget about that. I just saved $95. Then I'm going to watch football all weekend long, Lee. All weekend long. <laughs> so your wife's going to be a football widow this weekend? Yeah, she's going to go in the other room, and uh, and then I'll check my charge card and see what's going on. <laughs>